You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Great to be with you, as always. And once again, coming to you live from my little studio beneath the stairs here in historic Old Thornhill. We are streaming live on YouTube as well. Just go to my Strange Planet channel on YouTube. Please subscribe, and that way you'll get notifications and reminders when we stream or when a new video is available. And Ryan also uploads my podcasts there as well, Conspiracy Unlimited and uh, the late great Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, which I'm not making new ones, but uh, those episodes, of course, will live forever online. And uh, just a note that we are only streaming the audio live on uh, on YouTube. We're having some webcam issues, but we'll sort those out next week. I got a brand new webcam. It looks absolutely fabulous. Uh, and the studio looks great, but it's kind of interfering with the live stream or the... Uh, the audio streaming. So we'll, we'll get that sorted, not to worry, but we are streaming the audio open lines this hour, or if you wish, ask me anything. Let me give you those phone numbers right now. 416-360-0740. Again, 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area. And toll-free from just about anywhere. And we love to hear from you in the uh, the United States and all across Canada. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And of course, you can start calling right now. And Faz, uh, back at Zoomerplex in Master Control, will be your concierge. So say hi to Faz. Uh, Coming up in the second hour, medical plants expert, Dr. Cass Ingram will be here. My gosh, how long have I known Cass Ingram? More than 25 years, I should think. And of course, he is the author of The Cure is in the Cupboard and Who Needs Headaches and many, many more books. I've lost count, quite frankly, but he has a new one out and it's called The Cannabis Cure. And we'll be discussing a compound called BCP. You might want to write that down. This is new, new information, BCP. 
And Cass is basically saying, move over THC and CBD and say hello to BCP, (laughs) ASAP, Uh, the new super cannabinoid. It's a recently identified chemical compound uh, that's found not only in cannabis, but in other aromatic plants as well. And it can help, according to a new study, uh, with a host of things. And we'll get into that when Dr. Cass Ingram, the healthy hunter, the health hunter, uh, medical uh, plants expert Cass Ingram joins us. And, uh, oh, next week on the program, oh, we, uh, we were, we're going to have someone from um, the UFO Megacon, the mega conference again, happening in uh, Laughlin, Nevada. We'll have a, a great guest for you. And uh, so stay tuned for more details on that. And for an update on that, just keep checking strangeplanet.ca. That's my website, strangeplanet.ca. And we'll have upcoming show information there. And uh, we'll get you updated on what's happening next week. But we will have someone from that big UFO conference happening in Laughlin, Nevada. Uh, that's coming up at the end of this month. And uh, that's called the UFO Megacon or Megacon UFO. All right. Uh, We are going to dive right into the calls here. I think we have someone waiting. Let me see. Who is it? It's us. I can't see here. Whoa. What's going on? We have someone from Niagara Falls, but I'm not seeing it. Who's on the line? Who do we have? Hello. My name is Eugene. Hey, Eugene, you're checking in from Niagara Falls? Um, yeah, I had really a two issues that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I wish you guys could get somebody down to our old Fort Niagara near the border, because that is supposed to be really haunted uh, from the wars going back, you know, over 100 years. I have no doubt. I, would, yeah. I have no doubt that that would be haunted. Uh, that would have been, uh, when would that have seen action? The, the War of 1812, I'm guessing, yes, right? Yes, yeah, the War of 1812. And uh, they claim that, I mean, it's, you could go there on almost any given night, any time of the year, and there would be paranormal activity. Have you, have you been there? Have you witnessed paranormal activity? Well, not living far from there. I mean, I've heard all the stories. Some of them have gotten the newspapers. But nobody uh, from the media, either online or on the radio, has really uh, pursued it, you know, recently in, in the recent years. And so, you know, I was just something like a suggestion for maybe your program. Oh, it sounds great. Uh, if I can find someone to speak to that. Of course, we up here we have uh, Fort York. Uh, which also saw action, of course, during the War of 1812. And uh, there are some fabulous ghost stories of people seeing on another soldiers subject, and so um, forth. I know that yes. you get into the, the uh, Kennedy assassination. Uh, Lyndon Johnson's attorney, um, Bar McLennan, I think was his name, he wrote a second book, and it was called The Verdict. This book ended up being suppressed. Um, on Kennedy's 50th anniversary, they were going to bring this book, you know, with uh, Mr. McLennan in public, and all of a sudden he never did the interviews. Uh, you go to Amazon, and Amazon had said that the book's not in circulation. You'd have to try to go through England. And I'm wondering, well, hey, you know, what is this about if the book was suppressed? That's fascinating. Um, I've heard of Barb McLennan. I've done programs previously on LBJ's a potential connection to the assassination potential. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's happening with that book specifically. It, it's possible there's a legal issue. Uh, you know, if if he's yeah. naming 
someone who's still alive, maybe from the LBJ estate, maybe they issued a cease and desist order. Hard to say without knowing the particulars. With, uh, Jack Ruby, but, that when he went in and sent the Western Union, that he told people there, or one lady, I think that's still living, that they were holding Oswald up for him. Now, whether that's true or not, or whether that would suppress the book, I don't know. But McLennan was one of Johnson's attorneys. All right. Well, maybe I can reach out to Barr McLennan and find out what's happening. Yeah. The no, other the other thing is uh, John Barber. And, Do you remember and, John um, Barber? On YouTube, they said that he had uh, cancer, but he seemed to recover, and he was doing an interview program in Texas about a year ago. But then again, they never mentioned the book, The Verdict. Right. Uh, but John Barber is, go- is going to be on the program. Actually, he'll be live in studio with me in April. I don't have a date specifically yet. He has a new book out. I mean, he's really one of the, the, the pioneers of reality TV. And of course, he had that program, uh, Real People, that was uh, very popular, I guess, in the, uh, the early 80s. And he's quite a JFK assassination researcher and a documentary filmmaker. So I'll, I'll, I'll broach that with him as well. Uh, but I will look up Bar McLennan. That's a great uh, suggestion. Thank you so much, Eugene. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye bye. And we can also look into uh, doing something on uh, uh, the fort down there, Fort Erie, uh, which supposedly is haunted. Oh, I also wanted to mention that if you are in the uh, the YouTube live chat, I'll also be taking your questions as well. So uh, all of our regulars, uh, Gord and um, uh, Weiwei, or is it YY? I never know. I'm sorry. Send me a send me a pronouncer, would you? YY or Weiwei? Uh, and um, you betcha. So if you have any questions in the the live chat, we'll take yours as well. All right, back to the phones we go. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and toll free from out of town. 1-866-740-4740. And uh, who do we have up next? I think it's Keith in Rochester. All right, here comes trouble. Keith, you're on. Uh, different groups around the world are forming strange alliances. Members of, of within the same group are pointing, accusing fingers at each other. And a lot of this surrounds anti-Semitism. And I'm wondering how this is all going to shake out. I can see a rise of um, not only anti-Semitism, but just different groups who uh, social media are just seeing things in each other that were at each other's throats really bad, and it's getting worse, and no one will come down and talk common sense and reach out across the aisle. And I'm very concerned, not with just uh, my country, but I see things uh, politically correct in your country with having to use pronouns this is going on around the world, and people are simply being beaten down. And with a rising anti-Semitism, I see some really tough times ahead, and no one is backing down, willing to uh, look at the other person's side of the argument. Excellent points, uh, Keith. Thank you for the call. Well, there are a couple of things there. Yes, political correctness is sort of one issue. Uh, it's it's funny though because yes we're being we're we're sort of walking on eggshells in terms of many other issues. Uh, but you're right. On the other hand, it seems to be open season in some quarters, particularly on on social media and in the uh, the U.S. House of Representatives, no less. In uh, and there there is an issue. There is a problem uh, with the Democratic Party, the radical uh, base of the Democratic Party, which is growing. Uh, of course, we have of recent comments from uh, certain members of the U.S. House, and 
the, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, seems very timid in, in tackling this. They tried to pass a, uh, a resolution uh, condemning anti-Semitism, and uh, they didn't name the, uh, the, particular, uh, the particular member of the House, uh, Omar, uh, from Minnesota, who is uh, from Somalia originally. And uh, she has been uh, supported by AOC, Alexandria um, uh, Cortez, and, uh, and others have refused to, to condemn her statements. Now, I, I have to say that it's okay to criticize the state of Israel, that the policy, if you want. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm one of these Israel right or wrong guys. I just, I'm a great supporter of the state of Israel. I have stated that, you know, numerous times, and I, I will never back down from that position. Do they make mistakes? Of course they make mistakes. Uh, but uh, Israel is, is a great ally. They share our values. They share our values. And they are very deserving of our support. Uh, so, but it's okay. I don't think, for example, that Omar should be kicked off the uh, this committee or that committee because she she wants to criticize Israel. But that's the least of what she has said. I mean, she has said, you know, many other things that are very concerning, as have some other members of the uh, the radical uh, the radical wing of the Democratic Party. So they have a problem going into 2020. And uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, seems very timid and unwilling. They couldn't even pass a simple resolution, even after they tried to, after they tried to sort of water it down. So that's going to be very interesting, very interesting. All right, let's say hi to Charles, who's checking in from Ohio. Hey, Charles, how are you? Welcome to oh, The Conspiracy Show. I'm fine, and how about yourself? <laughs> Terrific, and whereabouts in Ohio are you? I'm uh, near the Cleveland area. Beautiful. Got to get down to, I want to take my boys down to Cleveland and Cincinnati, maybe this spring uh, or summer to uh, to catch some baseball games. We're on one of these missions. We're going to see, I'm going to take them to a baseball game in every stadium, baseball park uh, in the major leagues. So, and, and this year we've decided we're going to do it geographically uh, so we can do it in an efficient manner. Cleveland, Cincinnati, and I'm thinking maybe Pittsburgh in one trip. That's great. I'll be happy to see you down here. Terrific. All right. So what's on your mind, my friend? I wanted to talk a little bit about greenhouse gas and uh, global warming. All right. One of my right. favorite topics. Okay. Uh, they, um, we're offered solutions for these problems, and um, I just uh, there's one I haven't heard much about. Uh, greenhouse gases are basically the two major causes they give us for it are our power generation and our transportation. And the thing is that uh, we're using our gas, whether you believe in it or not, we're using our gas inefficiently. Uh, oh, no, there's no question about that. Uh, okay. There is well, no question see, about that. You could, they're, they're, I'm sure we could. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're pushing for zero emission vehicles. Well, there's a system to burn hydrocarbon fuels, diesel fuels, even coal, burn it in a closed-loop system. Uh, They use it in submarines. It's called air-independent propulsion. And you can Hmm. find it uh, closed-cycle diesel-powered systems for submarines. 
I mean, it's not popular for somebody. The U.S. took, and they decided back in the early 60s or before that they were going to go all nuclear, but navies around the world use closed cycle systems. They're not using the diesel one, although they can also make that. But it also applies to our internal combustion engines in our cars. See, to solve the global uh, problem of uh, greenhouse emissions from automobiles and power generation, they will. They're, so all of their solutions are tearing out, tearing up, and melting down all our cars. Well, that ain't going to work. By no, a no. simple how are they going to win? How are they going to build these gigantic, ridiculous wind turbines without fossil fuel? <laughs> exactly, and any other solution they. But I mean, just to build all the batteries for all the battery power cars and for hardening the grid to to take all the power that it's going to take to power up these cars. Well, the the best solution is to convert the cars on the road and the new ones coming out to a closed cycle fuel system where that's fascinating I, I wasn't familiar with this i'm going to look into that well, uh i I've, I've had another gentleman on an inventor from utah salt lake city him. david yurth yep. who and i should do a follow-up with him his he had, converting process that uh, will convert the carbon dioxide and emissions make them more harmless and i, yes. I remember the show it was very interesting right Yes, he basically had a device that could un uncouple the uh, the carbon molecule, uh, so that it disassociated, uh, and and so yes, essentially what you had coming out from the tailpipe was just some inert gases and water vapor. But you see, this I think gets to the nub of it. There, the the alarmists aren't interested in solutions. Yes. they're only interested in offering their version of the cure which is about control and the huge transfers of wealth. That's what it's really about. Exactly. Their control and consolidation, they want to uh, control the companies. They don't like the innovation. Yeah, uh, I think your, your inventor you interviewed said the not invented here syndrome uh, with a lot of companies. Uh, and and they, uh, they, kick, they brush everything else aside. Exactly. Uh, in, in, instead of trying to shut down, imagine trying to shut down uh, a fossil fuel industry. I mean, we've already, we've already, I think, done irreparable harm to the Canadian economy up here, uh, and and we um, we would have to shut down. I think in order to meet, someone did the calculations on this. In order to meet the goal set forth in the uh, the Paris Accord. We would basically have to shut down not only our energy sector but also our agricultural sector. People, people forget that 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 uh, that uh, petroleum is essential to agriculture, uh, not only to fuel farm machinery, of course, but also uh, for for um, for uh, things that we spray on crops. Uh, it's also integral to uh, into uh, to um, the medical. Medical and uh, pharmaceuticals, for example. Well, so this idea that we're going to end uh, the use of, of fossil fuels is is a suicide mission. Basically, it is the industrial revolution because every every individual's efforts. Uh, heck, it's the it's the gas that takes us to work. It's the the electricity that heats our homes 
and uh, it, that cools our homes. It's our comfort, convenience, gasoline and fossil fuels are everything, and we are purposely, it, it, they've known for years, look, the basic closed cycle fuel system was uh, first proposed in a patent in the 1930s, and it, as recently, I found them as recently as 2000, people trying to uh, get push this uh, technology forward. And, uh, and when I look for the inventors that have issued these patents, they ain't easy to find. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to them, but something's going on. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to look into that. And Charles, great call from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you. Let's try and squeeze Ed in London in here very quickly. And if I have to hold him over through the break, we'll do that. Ed, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I wonder if I could make a comment on the last call. Go ahead. Before I get into my topic, uh, there was a show on 60 Minutes only about a month ago, or maybe two months ago, the inventor, uh, sort of a, uh, you know, an inventor that wasn't a scientist, came up with a plan to uh, to take agricultural byproducts and make cheap alcohol by uh, bombarding the alcohol in the uh, electron emitters, and it was very cheap, and uh, 60 Minutes was all excited about it. And all right, all right. But here's the problem: we we never seem to get the same, the same efficiency and power uh, that we get from from fossil fuels. Uh, so that's that's the sticking point here. All right, let's uh, take a time out. We'll come back, take more of your calls. Open lines, ask me anything. 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. And of course, I'll take questions from our supporters in the uh, live chat up at our YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Hey, welcome back. Just uh, steeping my tea here in my little uh, studio beneath the stairs. Thanks for joining us. And just a reminder, uh, we are not streaming a video on the the live YouTube stream tonight. We will resume that next week, hopefully, when we get our webcam uh, fixed. But uh, we are streaming the audio. Again, just go to uh, our YouTube channel, Strange Planet, and uh, join us there every week if you're not able to, uh, to listen live on Zoomer Radio. Here in Toronto, AM 740, 96.7. Open lines this hour in uh, until the top of the hour. And uh, then in the second hour, Dr. Cass Ingram will be with us. And we'll talk about super cannabinoids and uh, a new uh, chemical compound. Well, it's not new, but I guess it's been sort of recently discovered as having certain health effects. There is a, a scientific study, and we'll talk about that uh, with Cass, along with um, other medicinal plants. Uh, with the health hunter, Dr. Cass Ingram. Now, before the break, we had Ed in London 
who uh, checked in, and he wanted to respond to a call from Charles in Ohio regarding uh, uh, greenhouse gases. And uh, then you had something else you wanted to talk about. Ed, go ahead. Yes, I did. Uh, thanks uh, for getting me back on here. I just wondered if any updates on the lawsuit against the Democratic Party in which the three people from the law firm were killed. Have they done anything about that? or There's no news up here about it. Uh, just remind, when you say three people from the law firm. Yes, but uh, Bernie Sanders supporters had invested millions of dollars and thought that the uh, superdelegates had uh, cheated them out of the uh, domination against Hillary. And oh, they've oh that's the right. And the gentleman that served, the gentleman that served, yeah, he's, who served the, uh, the, uh, the subpoena, I guess it was, uh, wound up dead killed. in his home. And yes. The now, the there were three lawyers. There was one found on a Florida beach that's exactly as well. In Debbie Wasserman Schultz's uh, district, uh, and there was a third. Remind me who the third was. Somebody was run over by a truck and their lawyer from the same law firm. Ah, Which all from the same law firm. Server. Yeah, I. Uh, that's right. The process server. I remember the first two. I, I forgot about the third. No, I have heard nothing. Not surprisingly, about that. Oh, have you heard anything? No, I think that's kind of discouraging if your law firm's losing all its members. <laughs> So I'm just wondering if they've uh, decided to pass or what's going on. There's nothing in the news about it. Well, nothing in the mainstream news, but uh, I'll have to poke around and see what else I can find. Uh, because it's also been very quiet uh, on the Seth Rich front, of course, uh, the Las Vegas shooting. So, you know, these stories tend to die in the vine in the mainstream media. And that's why we have uh, the alternative news. Uh you know, in in order to keep you know pulling at these threads. Well, uh, thanks a lot for the call. Oh, did you did you want to add anything else before I move on? No, I'm just saying the news has been pushed aside by the tweeting, constant tweeting of President Trump, and they just want to jump on all that. They certainly do uh, take the bait, don't they? All right, thanks for the call in London, Ed. Uh, next, we have Alex from Toronto. Alex, good evening. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Yeah. Hi, Richard. Um, China has had that one person, one policy, one child, and it's causing havoc in that country. Now, it, it occurred to me that in the States, they must have had the same problem back during the Civil War because they lost 800,000 young men in a four-year period, and I was trying to find a book or something relating to this problem, because there must have been a lot of old maids during hmm. that period shortly after the Civil War, and I'm wondering how long it took to get the balance back in order. Have right, right. Do you know anything not, about that? Not regarding the Civil War, although... The sort of the the the, uh, the big influxes of immigration, I think, started shortly where at where thereafter, maybe a generation later, eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, even before, uh, yeah, you know, were, mass immigration uh, from Ireland and and uh, primarily from the UK. Well, I was eighteen forties from Ireland, 
they already had that because well even after the potato famine yes there was the, you're right after the potato famine there was a big influx but then well maybe by the uh, the early uh, or by the late 19th century maybe we began to see immigrants from uh, places uh, in southern europe like italy i'm not exactly sure when that started but yeah. i would i would imagine that 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 would have offset the demographic issue somewhat now in china i believe they've discontinued the one child policy yeah they have now but it occurred to me that in the 1870s, from 1865 to about 1880, that 15-year period, they had a lot of probably young women that weren't able to find a mate. So it must have been pretty hard on them, because I don't know what the population was in uh, America in 1865. But when you lose 800,000, that's nearly a million young men within a short period of time. So um, they certainly must have had a lot of problems trying to find a suitor at that time, the young ladies. It's an excellent point. Yeah, if anybody has a on it, I'd like to hear about it. Right. Now, what has happened in China, my understanding is they have created... Uh, a somewhat similar problem. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a country of w- over a one and a half billion people. Uh, but uh, w- women of a certain um, uh, age, or sorry, men of a certain age, are having trouble finding a bride. It's the exact opposite because, obviously, the uh, the culture there uh, in, in, in China, they favor having uh, male children. And... Uh, this, I mean, the horrible, horrible situation where they are having uh, uh, sex selection, selection, abortions, and and these sorts of things. We never hear about that from the feminists. Do you notice? They never attack China for their uh, selective um, uh, uh, abortion to select gender, where they, yeah. you, you know, young girls, uh, unborn, the unborn female is being mm-hmm. aborted, aborted yeah. in China. Yeah. So what we have now are uh, a cohorts of Young men running around in China, they can't find uh, mates, uh, girlfriends. And so what happens to men mm-hmm. at a particular age when they don't settle down is they get into trouble. That's right. And, and uh, you know, they, they, uh, they behave badly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so China is having to deal with that. It's a demographic problem of their own creation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure – you know, how long that's going to take to to uh, to sort itself out. Right. Well, if any of your uh, listeners know of a book, whereas uh, they dealt with the problem, because I don't know what the problem is. If they had 20 million people in uh, the States at that time, and nearly a million died from uh, the war and the injuries afterwards, there must have been a lot of imbalance in the cities, primarily because that's where the wars were fought. No and, doubt. Uh, Mason-Dixon line on down. Al- so Al- Alex, you know, raise a, an, an interesting point, and uh, I'll try and look into that for you. Thank you so much. i got to move along. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm, I want to go to the, uh, the YouTube uh, stream chat, and uh, King Akira has a question. He says, can you please talk about Philip Marshall again? Uh, he, the author of The Big Bamboozle. All right. I, I think I've mentioned this a few times on the on the program. Some of you may have 
uh, heard the uh, the program I did with Philip Marshall. I'm trying to remember how long ago it was, maybe 2012. Philip Marshall was a retired airlines uh, pilot. I think he flew for United. And after he retired and after uh, 9-11, he launched a class action lawsuit, I think against the Bush family, uh, on behalf of the other families of the United uh, Airline uh, pilots who died during 9-11. And they were trying to get to the truth and and, and find out what really happened and so forth. And uh, and then – uh, he wrote a book called The Big Bamboozle, which relied heavily on uh, Senator Bob Carey's – I believe it was Bob Carey from Florida. I may have that name wrong. I'll have to check. But he was the um, – he, he sort of chaired a joint uh, Senate House investigation into 9-11. Not the, uh, not, to the, not the second one that most people are aware of that issued the 9-11 report. This was one prior – and they tried to subpoena FBI agents and so forth and, and get to the truth. And and uh, they were basically that that uh, committee. They hired professional a professional crack team of uh, professional investigators. And they started poking around and finding some connections to the Saudi royal family. And uh, then they, the investigation was pretty much shut down. Uh, they were told they couldn't su- subpoena a certain FBI agents in the field, many of whom were saying, listen, the hijackers were – were being, you know, escorted around, and and, and uh, they had access to Boeing flight simulators, and uh, they even pointed to the Saudi ambassador to the Washington, uh, to, uh, to to the United States, Prin, Prince Prince. Uh, 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 they used to call him Bandy Bush, I think. He was so close to the, close to the Bush family. Anyway, I interviewed uh, Philip, and uh, also for uh, my television show, I met him in Santa Monica. And several months later, I received an email. It was a link to a news story, I believe, in Sacramento or Santa Barbara, where Philip lived. And uh, he had allegedly uh, shot and killed his two children before turning the gun on himself. A murder, suicide, absolutely horrific. And uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't know uh, Philip that well. I had no indication based on our meeting that something like that would happen. I can't say I knew him that well, but he seemed like such a rational, kind, gentle person. Who knows? Uh, there was some speculation that perhaps there was a hit team to silence him because of the revelations in the big bamboozle. Uh, and, and and if you think about it, what better way to discredit someone than turning them into a, um, a murderer, killing his own children, and then suiciding suiciding him and so he can't obviously you know speak for himself we we don't know and i don't know that we'll ever know the full truth of what happened to philip marshall the curious thing was uh immediately upon receiving that email and learning of philip of philip marshall's horrible death i went into my email to check my email thread it's something i do Maybe it's somewhat morbid. I don't know. I don't mean it to be, but I always look to see what my last communication was with someone once they've passed on. Um, And it was gone. The entire email thread was gone. I can't tell you why. I didn't delete it. I know that much. All right. uh, Back with more calls in a moment. Open lines right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Big Brother is listening, and so are you. To The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. All right, welcome back. Open lines this hour till the top of the hour, and then in the second hour, we will uh, be joined by Dr. Cass Ingram, and we'll talk about uh, medicinal plants, particularly uh, cannabinoids and a, a new chemical compound uh, according to a recent study that supposedly can uh, can help out with a rem- with a number of health problems, and uh, that's upcoming on the program. All right, Melanie is in Toronto. Melanie, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Hi, great show as usual, and um, I think they might think of making you a permanent host, probably of Coast to Coast eventually. Oh. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. You've got that. You've got that calming voice. Uh, you're my favorite alternative to host. You have that soft, uh, gentle sort of uh, tone that sort of makes you get into the story. You're not. Uh, you're not uh, choppy. Your your t- intonation. For myself as a singer, you have a very wonderful intonation. But what I want to discuss is just two quick, not discuss, but two comments. The first one is that I am so terribly disappointed in institutions that are set up to basically protect people in general. That's what they're set up for. But it seems that the, my observation over the last 10 years has been that these institutions that are set up, whatever they are, uh, are set up to protect themselves and their financial uh, holdings. And I'm talking about government, uh, uh, unions, uh, policing, medical, all of these. They, they seem to serve themselves, and sometimes they don't even serve the membership of the institutions. Nurses, unions, for example, uh, Wetlawfer, is it the one that ended up murdering all those patients? All those uh, those warning signs, they didn't seem to do anything about it. And I feel so sad in this day and age that I've come to this age to realize, because I've had such great hope and trust in institutions, that it's really disappointing. And I'm just wondering how many people out there feel the same way, that they've, they're sort of feeling, you know, weary and, and shoulders sort of bent. Like, where is the justice in a lot of these institutions? Because they're not protecting us the people they were set up to protect it seems it's just like a it's like sort of like a monster that's just you know going you know its own way and and forgetting uh, you know what it was supposed to set up for like the gods of mount olympus are all falling you know and i well just... that is one of the one of the immutable laws of nature is mm-hmm. that now i'll talk about government institutions or bureaucracies mm-hmm. uh, and there are there are great people uh, that there work are, absolutely uh, bureaucrats of course there are yeah. Uh, most of them. But but they they just I call them synthetic beasts. Yeah. And they do they 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 grow uh and it becomes their purpose. It's like when you create a life, mm-hmm. it's the overriding you know, driving force is to grow. Yes. And and that's what bureaucracies do. They 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 want to grow, they expand, expand power. Right. Uh, and and they start out well intentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely but, true. I mean, where would they 
where would we be without them? We'd be end up like, you know, China with face recognition and, and thought control. But the whole thing is sometimes some institutions are not so dangerous to the public. But when you give extreme powers, for example, just to take into consideration our policing, uh, you give them a badge and you give them a gun, and they're not held up to the same accountability that, you know, the rest of us are. It's, it's a dangerous world because... It then, can be. It can be. Absolutely. It's extremely dangerous. And we maybe we should vet them up with, uh, you know, more um, assessments, psychiatric assessments, to see if we're getting social paths in that. Because Reader's Digest had a great article a couple of years ago as to what careers of sociopathic behaviors are, are noted. And they're usually noted in, in the military and policing and of all, all of the ones that shocked me the most was uh, in medicine, and that's nursing, right? And that's sort of anywhere you have power or teaching over somebody in, in a lesser position than you are who has no power. And maybe we should give more psychological tests to who we're accepting into these professions. Um, but the other light, lighthearted issue I'd like to say is someone who I know is very intelligent said uh, about the fossil fuel uh, problem, what about planes and jets? I mean, can you imagine how much pollution is going into the atmosphere into the, um, you know, into our ozone layer and, and destroying it and causing holes. I mean, we have millions of flights every year and all that that's going. Can you see a politician who's so pro, pro-wind power telling, telling them, you know what, will you stop flying? Can you see that, you know, our planet, nobody flying anywhere? Because I think that's causing more, more problems to our, uh, to our uh, air than, than any cars could. Well, uh, well, AOC has already floated that idea in her in her new Green Deal. Uh, but the ozone—that's another issue. Our ozone is is repairing itself. Uh, pollution is separate from carbon dioxide as a greenhouse gas. CO2, not a pollutant in my books. It's a nutrient. We need it for life. All right, Melanie, thanks for the call. We'll take some more on the other side. Stay with us on the Conspiracy Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. With us for the full hour, we will open the phone lines as well. Questions and comments. Uh, Dr. Cass, an expert on the um, the health benefits of certain medicinal plants, has been on with us many, many times. Of course, extolling the virtues of uh, wild oregano oil extract. And today we're talking about a cannabinoids, a super cannabinoid. Uh, a recent study at the University of Bonn in Germany about the anti-inflammatory uh, and neurological benefits of something called BCP. A new, this is a recently discovered chemical compound, BCP, but it's not only found in the hemp plant, uh, as, as Cass has explained. It is found in many of the foods, spices, uh, and plants that we love. If you love uh, uh, uh uh, cinnamon, it's there. If you love the smell of uh, uh, a, a chrysanthemum, it's there. It's in uh, sage. It's in rosemary. It's in uh, oregano. It's in cinnamon. It's in um, orange, uh, orange and lime and lemon. 
It just seems to be everywhere. Now, uh, Cass, before the break, um, you were talking about receptors and there are, there is the CB1 receptor and the CB2 receptors. To me, this is fascinating that we have receptors that are in our body that, that are designed to receive cannabinoids. Is that correct? Am I, am I hearing you correctly? Okay, I don't think we have Cass. Oh, there, there he is. Hey, Cass, we tried to Hi. fix your phone. Okay, so the, talk to me about the CB1 and the CB2 receptors. This okay. is something in our body that is designed to receive cannabinoids. Absolutely. Uh, the CB1 receives the THC or the decarboxylated, you know, the, the, the hallucinogenic material. But it's there for some kind of a reason, because even industrial hemp has a small amount of THC. It's just that the marijuana today has been made way high in that, you know, so people get hit pretty right. hard. Now, then you have CB2, and that receives the BCP, the caryophyllene. It receives the limonene, the pinene. It receives the cannabidiol. Uh, and that, that CB2 receptor, it also receives your naturally occurring cannabinoids that your body is synthesizing and and the fun part there also is that 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 cb2 is not just in the brain it's in the it's in the white blood cells the red cells the liver the lungs the chest the bone and the bone marrow so that's right. pretty fascinating really it is and the fact is that the cb2 receptor you're saying you 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 don't get that psychoactive effect. You don't because people, you know, they want the health benefits, but they don't want to get high. You can't Not everyone, get, you obviously. can't get high on CB2. Right, now, if right. If you overload the system, you can get this little sort of sluggishness or what have you, like I experienced. But there's no way to you can't get addicted. It's impossible. And even if you smoked industrial hemp. A joint would have to be the size of two telephone poles or something. You're not going to get it, okay? Right. Um, right. So this so leads to the question then, Cass. I mean, we didn't talk, you know, I didn't bring you on to talk about, you know, legalization versus non-legalization. But, you know, I, I'm certainly in favor of, um, you know, medicinal use, but I have grave reservations about, you know, legalizing recreational use just to smoke it to get high because, A, you know, I don't think we have long-term studies. It could be a gateway drug. And and more importantly, we don't know everything we need to know about the effect of THC on de young developing brains. Well, that's a big issue, actually. There, there, it, you can't be having your 12-year-old smoking pot. What's no. more, you're rolling it with tobacco half the time. And yes. it's bad enough that we have tobacco and alcohol epidemics, let alone the harder drugs. So, so... There's no regulation on this legalization. There's no education. We don't have a school education system to say, okay, it's legal, but we don't recommend that developing youth smoke anything, <laughs> let alone a hallucinogenic drug. Right. Well, that was the rationale for legalizing it up here and so that the government could somewhat regulate it. And, and, but I just think it's, it's, it's folly. However, it's what you're saying, though, if we can... Mm -hmm. We can get the health benefits 
uh, from cannabinoids without the THC. But more importantly, we don't even need to get it from the hemp plant. No, we don't need to get it. Exactly. We can get it from... Now, wait a minute. There are a few things that the cannab... that, that hemp might do that cinnamon and clove and and oregano may not. Uh, And I've outlined that in my book, The Cannabis Cure. It does have certain certain diseases that it's effective for. So so we might want some of that industrial hemp as a supplement, the crude extract, like the hemp and all, for instance, to speed things up. But you're right. I mean, if we ate more basil, lots of oregano, rosemary, cinnamon, cloves, we would be getting, uh, you know, chamomile tea, we would be getting a cannabinoid effect, a positive one. And why do we even eat that stuff? Why do we love that black pepper? It's, you, you don't know it, but it's making you feel better. It's giving you... Because a- we're wired to, ex- to receive it. We're, we're, we evolved to, to consume it. We are totally wired to receive it. And you know how good the oregano is, the oil of oregano yes. that we use. The Absolutely. My God, that's a hammer for chronic illness and for, uh, for activating the brain and for seizures, for tremors. And I must say, and for Parkinson's and MS, I've been using it for decades for these types of things. Stroke victims, and, uh, the Greeks, migraines, I've been using it. The Greeks used oregano for migraines and for uh, neurological damage, the ancients. But they also used cannabis for that. The Greeks used oregano for seizures, but they also used cannabis. You see? So the the BCP is an anti-inflammatory. So... uh, Well, that's... Arthritis. I mean, what disease isn't caused by inflammation? Well, the inflammation doesn't cause anything. It's a consequence. So you ah. have uh, infections. You have, let's say you have, a lot of people have knee pain and they have ankle pain and hand pain. And they come to me, doctor, I have this arthritis. I have this pain in my knee and my ankles. I have this inflammation. I'm taking turmeric. I say, that's all and good. But you don't have knee pain. You have fungus. You see? See how the causes? I look at their tongue. I look at their skin. I say, you've got the candida. You've got the fungus. And the fungus is causing your ankle pain and knee pain and hand pain. So what do I do? I give them oil. Uh, yeah, I give them BCP. Sure, I, they want to have their turmeric. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them, uh, uh, you know, oregano oil. But I give them the oregano oil to kill the fungus. Or if they have parasites, and the parasites are causing arthritis, I want to kill uh, the parasite. Okay. You know, that That's kind of the culprit. Approach? I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, I mentioned earlier, I just read... I just read that where Tom Seaver, the great uh, New York Mets pitcher, has dementia at 74. And lo and behold, I don't know if you heard this, Cass. Lo and behold, what did they find back in 1991? Tom Seaver got Lyme disease when he was was living in Connecticut. Yeah. The first thing that came to my mind is he got bit by a tick. So here he's going to have it. Well, they're going to say, we should give some turmeric. We should give some anti-inflammatory. We should kill the tick. We <laughs> mean, kill this spirochete. And that, that but, spirochete could yeah. be, is eating his brain. It reoccurred, apparently, in 2012. Is it, I mean, if you've had chronic Lyme disease for all those years, isn't it too late? No, it's, well, it's not necessarily too late. 
if if you remember the guy that was in the nursing home, how do we know he didn't have Lyme? The guy's he's toast. He's back home now. The other guy, the golfer, he's always in the woods. He could have some Lyme. Maybe that's why the BCP rich hemp and all and the hemp and all super strength and the oregano that I gave him, the juice of oregano, the brain detox, that was his protocol. He went, you know, he got rid of the whole problem in a month. So our our dementia case is infectious dementia. So he would benefit from the neuroregeneration, but he also needs the oil of oregano, the juice of oregano, uh, you know, that kind of a thing to get him back on his feet if we can do it, you know. It's, right, and, and you're saying again, BCP, it's suggested by studies that BCP can regenerate neurons in the brain. It's, this, is, this is the fact in my experience as a doctor. When I give anything, now here's the, here's the secret though. Raw BCP is superior to cooked. So, when we used to give the oil of a wild oregano and the juice of oregano to the stroke victims, to the Lyme victims, to the dementia victims, we would get a measured result. But if we give the raw type, where you extract the BCP terpene with no heat, then it's we're, we're 10, 20 times more aggressive. And I'll explain why. And just so people know, there are products, like it would be hemp and all super strength with the oregano, raw oregano. It would be, I mentioned the brain detox. That kind of be the hemp and all uh, CF super strength. I just want to get that on the table for folks. But here's here's what we know. Just hold on to it, Cass. You tell us what you know on the other side. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come back. We're talking cannabinoids with Dr. Cass Ingram here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we are back with Dr. Cass Ingram, and his new book is The Cannabis Cure. And uh, we are talking about the some of the health benefits of uh, cannabinoids. And we tend to focus on THC, and we, we focus on CBDs, and we talk about the need, the medicinal benefits of, of marijuana. But we've overlooked BCP, and a recent study at Bonn University uh, is finding uh, many health benefits of this chemical compound that is not only found in hemp, uh, but uh, found in a host of other aromatic plants. And uh, we were talking before the break, uh, Cass, about that while we don't need hemp necessarily, there are certain things found in hemp that, that aren't found in other uh, other aromatic plants. Well, this is right. You see, hemp oil resin... Uh, or crude extract, I call it, is has up to 85 cannabinoids. There's no other plant, let's face it, that has that many. And then it's got, what, 10, 15, 20 terpenes. So, so what the, the terpenes of hemp are common with cinnamon, with clove, with rosemary, with oregano, with black pepper, and more. But the cannabinoids, you don't find those 
in the cinnamon. Not, not like that. You find the BCP, but you don't find that other 80 group. That 80 group. Now, but first of all, here's, what, here's the secret. If you cook it, you lose it. And this is, this is with hemp especially. You want the results, you want big results, it's got to be raw. So, case history. There was a, and this, first of all, look at the science. The science using CBD isolate or CBD fortified for epilepsy shows 10% remission. Not bad, because epilepsy, nobody goes in remission. They keep on the Dilantin and the drugs forever. These are children. Right. It's, when we gave the crude extract to a child seven years, he's been with seizures for six years, in 72 hours, gone. Permanently gone. Seizures every day, gone, 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 gone. Because that's raw. When you cook those cannabinoids, when you decarboxylate them, when you cook them in the marijuana, when you smoke it, that's when it goes crazy and makes the hallucinogenic. When you, when you, then you destroy those terpenes. You destroy those cannabinoids. You destroy the molecule. You change it. And it's not... The body can receive those cannabinoids lock and key only if they're in a raw state. I mean, perfectly. You'll get some benefit from the cooked, but not as much. <laughs> this is fascinating because, you know, there are in the United States in particular where uh, they have not legalized marijuana in every state, even medicinal marijuana. Uh, and so you have, it's heartbreaking. These parents uh, are desperate to try and find something for their children who have uh, epilepsy. And so they'll, they'll move to a state oh. uh, where, where, it's, where it's medicinal marijuana is legal or recreational. Right. Uh, but but they, that's not necessary, you're saying, if they, can, if, if they use the BCPs. First of all, you're getting marijuana extracts and they're using hexane and butane gas. You want to give that to your kid? You know, and they're using isopropyl alcohol acetone's fingernail polish. What are we doing here? Oh, dear. You know, and then they're triple distilling it. This is the CBD movement. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, so I, now I have the cannabis cure, and I just wrote the hemp oil miracle. It's coming out in maybe a month and a half. And uh, so the hemp oil miracle talks all about this crude hemp resin from 10,000 years to date. Why do we have to change everything? If the Scythians did it one way, and the cavemen did it another, and the Greeks did it one way, and the Romans did it this way, and the Islamics did it that way, and the Hindus did it, they all did the same thing. Okay? Why do we have to change that? They right. worship want... the plant, you know? We, we were talking about BCP for inflammation. What about, you know, one of the things that, that people who smoke recreationally uh, insist also that it's, it's also medicinal because it helps them deal with anxiety. Yeah. What about BCPs and anxiety? Well, do you, can you think of anything more calming than cinnamon uh, and hot milk? Come on. BCP is the substance in cannabis that, that makes you nice and sedated and calm and relaxed, people. So... So, yes, you're right. The, the Bond research on inflammation, we know it's good for that. But look at the other uses. Anxiety neurosis, irritability stress, uh, obsessive compulsive. And then look at the neurological diseases per, at, at large. You know, depression, too, by the way. You're talking MS. You're talking Parkinson's. You're talking seizures. You're talking epilepsy. You're talking autism, the hardcore stuff, Tourette syndrome, BCP. 
You see how that opens us up? It's not going to be just hemp extract, which I hope the hemp and all is more and more available in Canada. I don't even know if it's legal there, but surely you can get that in the United States. You can check your Canadian store and see what they're doing. But, but think about what we opened up. The mothers with autism, they can start giving cinnamon too, right? They, instead of just right. going on, is it going to be legal? Are they going to allow it? All our legislators, what are we going to do? Do that. But take the cinnamon, add more clove, right? More oregano, more rosemary, more sage. Hey, it can't wait. It can't wait, as a wise man once said. All right, listen, we'll take another time out, come back. We'll also take, take uh, some calls. For Dr. Cass Ingram, as we continue to talk about BCP, the super cannabinoid, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Dr. Cass Ingram stays with us, author of The Cannabis Cure. Now, we want to be very careful. You mentioned uh, Israel because they've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, studies on uh, on cannabinoids, and uh, there are some people who I want to be careful about how I say this who believe that uh, cannabinoids have helped with cancer. Yes. Okay. And, and I, you know, I don't want to give you know false hope, and and right. uh, it's there's the studies I think are. I don't necessarily know that there's anything definitive out there. I want to be careful. Well, they, but. You know, the, here's the deal, okay? So, so they don't allow any studies in the States, but the NCI is funding over, uh, uh, Israeli studies. So, yes, they have demonstrated some anti-tumor properties, which is common. It's called apoptosis, uh, where you take the hemp, obviously the full spectrum. You don't want to be taking hexane residues, right? Uh, that's a carcinogen. So the full-spectrum hemp... Some studies over the years have shown it causes the cell to program itself for its own death, right? Hey, you know what? Berries do that. Turmeric does it. Oregano does it. This is no surprise. So in the book, we do talk about the brain cancer. Uh, I would definitely add the cannabinoid proper quality product to the rest of your, you know, your treatment protocol. No problem with that. Uh, but I think the bigger uses for the cannabis uh, or hemp extract are neurological diseases, the anxiety, like you said, the stress, wiped out, not relaxed, can't get calm, insomnia. There's also this hemp and all PM with the hops. Hops is in the same family as chamomile. The two, de- I mean, in the same family as cannabis. The two together knock you into REM sleep. What do you think? I've written 30 books. I'm an insomniac. I used to have to <laughs> knock me out. Come on. Uh, and... Uh, and then the, the, the uh, you know, MS and Parkinson's seizures, we said, but also addictions. This is, this is not well known. Quality hemp extract is effective for marijuana addiction, alcohol. Isn't that ironic? Using, hemp, using the hemp plant to get you off of marijuana. Exactly. But only the CB2 activating industrial hemp. Uh, and that, maybe marijuana would do it too if you extracted the resin. And that, uh, also heroin and cocaine. Now, here's the deal. People are taking heroin, cocaine, marijuana because it gives them something. Nobody's just taking it just, you know, because I'm going to destroy myself or I'm going to just mad at the world. They get something, alcohol too. 
When you start taking this industrial hemp, you start feeling good. You feel too good. You don't want the other stuff. You lose your desire. I mean, I have helped people with even SSRI drugs. You know how hard they are, case history. The guy with the Zoloft. He's got two PhDs. He can't get a job. He's been on Zoloft for 20 years. He messed himself up. He's a friend. I yank him in. I say, get off the stupid stuff. Come on, get off. Well, I can't. I know you can't right away. We know that. You have to gradually. So I gave him the hemp and all super strength, the one with the oregano, and the hemp and all CF with this calm and focus without. I gave him both bottles. I just gave them to him. I said, take the stuff under the tongue. He got off the drug, man. 20 years he was hooked on the stuff. He, then he went, you know, he got a job. He's driving an Uber. <laughs> but it's better than <laughs> It's nothing, a start. Right? It's a start. Absolutely. It's a good start. So, so that's kind of how it works, people. You've got big five categories. Neurological, addiction, stress, and, you know, stress syndrome, anxiety, neurosis, your cancer support, uh, and your inflammation support, of course, is pretty big, but it's more powerful. Here's an interesting caveat. Okay, so hemp works on the endocannabinoid system. Turmeric works on the cox, too. Oregano works on the opiate. Can you imagine if you combine all that stuff? <laughs> right. It, you know, it seems like we have put all our eggs in the medical marijuana basket without thinking this thing through. We did not thought it through at all. And then everybody going to the legislature, we got to have, we got to have, we're, we're, we're completely blindsided. We already have it, like you said. Why wait? It's right under our nose. You know, and it's all the cannabinoid-rich spices, with the caveat that hemp oil or marijuana oil, if that's what you choose, I'd rather have the hemp oil, uh, has these 80 to 100 cannabinoids that you just don't find anywhere else. So that, and so here's, I'm going to tell you hardcore. If, if I had a patient with seizures and epilepsy, autism, I'm going to give them hemp oil extract not just cinnamon. If I have somebody that's addicted to alcohol, tobacco, chewing tobacco, uh, marijuana, heroin and cocaine, I'm going to give it to them, but I'm going to give them the one with the oregano, you know, for that. Uh, if I have somebody with inflammation, I would give turmeric first. You see how it works? Each condition, different, different, uh, different indications. What if they have plantar fasciitis? They smoke marijuana for that. It is effective. What if you have glaucoma? We know for sure marijuana is effective for glaucoma. It doesn't last, but the, if you take it as the drops or the capsules, then it works. It gets rid of the glaucoma. So not, it's not good for everything, right? Right, right. Now, people who are, are undergoing uh, cancer treatment, chemotherapy and so forth, they lose their appetite. Uh, oh, and, well, and some of use for this, right? There are drugs, Marinol, for that purpose. So, yes, you would give it for that. Because this, the myrcene, you see, and the beta-carophylline, they're appetite stimulants. Don't you think so? From cinnamon and, 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 uh, and from black pepper and from rosemary, oregano, those are appetite stimulants as well. Yeah, so in other words, you don't need to smoke a joint to, to, to get the munchies. That's what I'm you saying. Want to you want to stimulate your appetite. You're saying you can take these spice, spice extracts, the spices, uh, cinnamon, the, and so forth. Take this, take the cinnamon. Take, and if you want, you can get a high quality hemp resin, and take. And now, I've done the studies. I found this is crazy stuff. 
North American Urban Spice, a good company. We take their oregano oil. They, they bought a huge, you know, quarter of a million dollars, whatever, of hemp oil from Europe. Raw, super critical, totally unheated. You know what the Europeans told them? We're not selling it to you anymore. They, they gave them 250000 We're not selling it to you because we make more money by decarboxylating, by heating, by solvent extracting. So we're not going to let you have it. You see? Ah. That's how crazy it is out there. It's like a wild Well, hemp, hemp has now been legalized in the United States, so. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Canada, Canada could be making billions by growing the hemp, and companies like North American would buy the resin. What's, what's Trudeau, what's, what are they doing? They should, be, they should legally be making that resin with a supercritical machine and shipping it to the companies. Let them make a high-quality raw product. Let 100 companies make it. Right now, the only one is the Hemphenol. I mean, they're great because they, they, you know, they, they're smart enough to just do raw uh, extract. I won't let them do anything else. You know me. Um, but that's the only. Yeah, way I'm not go. sure that hemp is illegal to cultivate in Canada uh, now. The the industrial hemp and so forth. I'm not sure about that. They are they are cultivating it, but the, here's the craziest thing: you cultivate it, but you can't put a CO2 machine, extract the resin, and ship it to me. <laughs> what does that sense? It's in right, the right. plant already. You're growing it. Why don't you want to make money, Canada? You know? <laughs> Uh, Cass, how do we get a, co- uh, a, a copy of The Cannabis Cure? Cannabis Cure, all I know. I'm not Amazon. I'm CassIngram.com. Support the little guy. We'll ship it from Toronto. CassIngram.com. If you want to view good quality product with hemp and get the real stuff, go to uh, AmericanWildFoods.com. AmericanWildFoods.com. CassIngram.com. And uh, give him a call. Hey, give me some literature. Send me some stuff. one 800 243-5242. I call him up at 800-243-5242 and ask him about hemp and brain detox. Ask him about spice extracts. But people, you don't have to be sick. Hemp is one of the tools, but so are the other 10 super rich BCP spices. Uh, okay? All right, Cass. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Talk again. Cass Ingram, did he just hang up? All right. Thanks, Faz. Thanks, Ryan and Albert. Back next week with a brand new brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Or at least up the stairs. Good night. listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Hey, some sad news from the world of baseball. I, I, I'm reading that Tom Seaver, the great Hall of Fame pitcher, former New York Mets, of course, who helped the team win the 1969 World Series. Remember the Miracle Mets? He has been diagnosed with dementia at age 74 and uh, is retiring uh, from public life. Uh, so he will not be joining his uh, former teammates this season in New York to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Miracle Mets. And um, I'm also uh, reading here that according to uh, some reports, Seaver was diagnosed with Lyme disease back in 1991 while he lived in Connecticut. And then it reoccurred. I mean, Connecticut is sort of ground zero for for Lyme disease. That's where it it originally broke out in uh, Lyme, Connecticut. And uh, so he he contracted it in 1991 and then it reoccurred in 2012 led to Bell's palsy and, get this, memory loss. So is Lyme disease connected to his dementia? Very sad. Um, I'll ask uh, Dr. Cass Ingram about that because uh, he has uh, he, he came down with an, a, a very debilitating form of Lyme disease and uh, says he beat it with uh, oil of oregano. But we're going to talk to Cass about uh, uh, cannabinoids. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's Paul checking in from Oshawa. Paul, good evening. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hi, Richard. Thank you for taking the call. I believe now we're all missing an hour. I'm sorry, you believe which? We're all missing an hour, having to jump ahead. Oh, we're all missing an hour. That's right. I love so Stephen Wright's today. joke about daylight savings time. He said, it's yeah. a fad. I gave it six months. Yeah, Richard, uh you know, I wanted to talk about chemtrails with you and your take on this. Uh, since 2003, uh, taking to the skies, being more of a sky watcher, uh, I noticed a lot of clarity 2003 for the next few years. And then I guess in the last few years, Richard, I see uh, a lot more chemtrails uh, occurring above our skies uh, with different applications where we perceive it to be a, a clear sky. But if you apply the solar obliteration technique by just blocking the sun with a structure. And if you can see up, uh, you know, the natural state of uh, nature, uh, like flying seeds high in the sky moving across, you have a clear sky. Uh, In these last few years, I've seen very few of that now in clear skies because of the various applications they're applying to even heavier uh, chemtrailing, which results the following day uh, precipitation and and such. And also uh, on other certain days when they are spraying, and they have some open holes that are miles in, uh, you know, square miles. Uh, it seems the jets are right in there right away to seal it up as if they don't want the sunlight to the ground. Uh, what do you think your take is on the uh, chemtrail agenda mainly? Because I know there's different applications of reasoning why they're doing this. Well, I've always said that I think there's a, a Pulitzer Prize waiting a journalist who does an in-depth, serious in-depth investigation uh, rather than the usual treatment we're getting from the mainstream media, which is, uh, you know, to uh, just snide sort of laughter 
is basically the response you get from the mainstream media. I think someone needs to look into it. I remember a gathering of scientists in San Diego several years ago, and this this made uh, the news. They were talking about at some point in the future, we may have to consider a geoengineering program. Uh, and their rationale was that uh, by by pumping tons and tons and tons of uh, aluminum oxide particulates into the atmosphere, they might be able to forestall global warming. And I've always been of the mind that if someone says we're thinking about doing it, that usually means they've been doing it. And this is sort of their way of letting us know. So I personally have no doubt that there are programs going on uh, where there are there's aerosolized programs. Uh, there are they, they are spraying something. Is it aluminum? Is it uh, is it barium? Is it strontium? I don't know. Uh, but I think at least the anecdotal evidence is overwhelming. Uh, what is the purpose? Well, we have we have of course that uh, defense white paper that came out a number of years ago called "Owning the Weather by 2025." So I think they're way out of schedule. Uh, I think they can control the weather. I don't know that we can control climate because if I said so, that would be uh, sort of if if I believe that we could control climate, then that then I would basically be arguing in in favor of anthropogenic uh, global warming, which I don't agree with. I think that is the height of hubris to think that man can control climate. We can control weather. Uh, we've known that since the Vietnam War, where we were seeding clouds and and making it rain, uh, which was which was done uh, to um, uh, to prevent Ho Chi Minh from moving armaments along the Ho Chi Minh Trail. They made it rain so that it would be a big muddy mess. So we know we can control weather. We know we can seed clouds. Uh, is it being used for uh, some sort of sinister plot depopulation or to make us chronically ill perhaps i don't have the evidence in my hand right now i don't have the documentation i don't see i don't, I don't have a smoking gun but i think something is going on in that regard and um, i would like to see or hear more whistleblowers come forward before i can make an absolute determination uh, what do you think is going on paul did we lose paul i think so all right thank you for the call uh, let's say hi to Michael. Michael is next. Uh, we'll squeeze him in before the top of the hour. Michael, where are you calling from? Las Vegas, I see. Yes, sir. How are you doing today, Richard? I'm terrific. Thank you. How are you listening to Good. us on the YouTube stream or how are you listening? I listen, I listen to you through Zoomer on the Internet. Most Excellent. Times, sometimes through YouTube, but a lot of times you don't have it all working. So I usually go to Zoomer. Zoomerradio.ca. Uh, terrific. Correct. Correct. And uh, which I find is a fantastic station also. I, I listen to it at other times as well. Isn't it uh, something? Nothing like it anywhere. I hope, that, I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> you hope what's okay with me? That I listen to other sta other programs. Oh, 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 I'm well, I suppose I'll let it I'm slide this time. <laughs> Richard, I want to say, first of all, you know, you're very articulate. I really enjoy your show. I don't always agree with you, but nine times out of ten, I probably do. Uh, it's just, you know, you're a different kind of guy. That's all I want to say. But Where's the one time out of ten you disagree with me, Michael? 
<laughs> well, I can't remember right now, but let's let's move forward for a second because okay. uh, I okay. know I know you, you know yeah. you, you share a lot about your personal life as well, which is kind of enjoyable. You know, so I happen to you know, right? You're you're Greek Orthodox, correct? I married uh, into the Greek Orthodox faith. My wife is of Greek heritage, and okay. my children are half Greek. Okay. So I assume you got married in the Greek Orthodox Church, if that's what Indeed, I did. Indeed. Okay. All right. So anyway, so the bottom line is you're familiar with the faith that I'm familiar with on the other side, the Western Catholic faith. All right. So, but I wanted to talk about, uh, before I get into uh, rock and roll heaven, I wanted to say that when I was calling in, I had a bad phone. I got a new phone now. So we're on a good connection. The last time it would turn out to be the phone, I found out. Right. Now the problem is we're, 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 we're quickly approaching the top of the hour. So, um, if you could just give me a quick question or a comment. The rock and roll heaven, okay? I think that's, um, uh, it's really a myth, and it's not really true. Uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I, what I believe the pop culture rock and roll heaven states is basically that when a, you know, fantastically uh, talented musician goes down, whether it be through drug abuse, abuse or overdose, or any other way, uh, that they go to rock and roll heaven. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. They're all jamming in one band. I know where you're going with that. I mean, based on the behavior of a lot of uh, pop stars and musicians, uh, the question is, are they really going to heaven? Well, that's not for me to judge, but based on their behavior, uh, no. And, and of course, according to our faith, they will be judged. So, uh, but it's not for us. It's not us to judge them. So maybe they are in heaven. Maybe they're not. Some are, some aren't. Who knows? Uh, I hope a lot of them are, because when I get up there, if I'm lucky, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to just hear harp music all the time. You know what I'm saying? All right, Michael, thank you for the call. When we come back, Dr. Cass Ingram will uh, talk to us about the remarkable healing qualities of certain medicinal plants. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Welcome to Hour 2 of this transmission. I am coming to you live from my little studio beneath the stairs. Faz is back in master control at Zuma Radio AM 740. And uh, Ryan is running our live stream tonight, just audio tonight. Again, we're having some streaming issues with the new webcam, uh, but we will get that uh, fixed. But the live stream, the audio sounds great. You can go to YouTube and search Strange Planet. And while you're there, please subscribe. Also, uh, please check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. New episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can listen and subscribe at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. And we recently achieved a 2 million unique downloads since we launched, and it just keeps growing every month. Conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. All right, move over, THC and CBD. Say hello to BCP. It's called the new super cannabinoid. And researchers say 
a recently identified chemical compound called BCP found in cannabis and other aromatic plants can calm your mind, relieve chronic pain, and produce a host of remarkable pharmacological effects. It's being hailed by natural medicine advocates for its many reported therapeutic properties. Cannabinoid oil, let me see if I can pronounce that, cannabidiol, cannabidiol oil has soared in sales to become one of the health food industry's hottest dietary supplements. It's extracted from flowers and buds of marijuana or hemp plants. And CBD has been shown to be an effective non-toxic natural treatment for dozens of health challenges, from anxiety to sleep apnea to epilepsy. And now, researchers at Bonn University in Germany have discovered a powerful new molecule naturally occurring in cannabis and other aromatic herbs. The molecule, scientifically designated uh, beta-caryophyllone, Try that again. Beta caryophylline, or BCP for short, is being hailed as nature's most potent activator of the body's key neurological pathways and perhaps the most crucial and powerful of all 80 plus known cannabis compounds called cannabinoids. Dr. Cass Ingram is a nutritional physician who received a Bachelor of Science in Biology and Chemistry from the University of Northern Iowa and his D.O. from the University of Osteopathic Medicine and Health Sciences in Des Moines, Iowa. Dr. Cass has since written over 20 books on natural healing. He's given answers and hope to millions through lectures and thousands of radio TV shows. He, his research and writing have led to countless cures and discoveries. Dr. Cass Ingram presents thousands or rather hundreds of health tips and insights in his many books on health, nutrition, and disease prevention. He's one of North America's leading experts on the health benefits and disease-fighting properties of wild medicinal spice extracts. He's a popular media personality. He's appeared on over 5,000 radio and TV shows. He now travels the world promoting perfect health the natural way in his new book the cannabis cure now available hey Cass, welcome back to the conspiracy hey, show how are you friend? long time no talk i'm good to, good to hear my wonderful voice and to see how zoomer and, and richard and Cole are doing um i tell you uh this this is very interesting that you outlined this bcp this beta caryophyllene or carophylline or whatever you want to call it uh i tell you when i wrote the cannabis cure and doing the research on cannabidiol, some people call it CBD, I found that this, the terpenes were the neglected element. Almost as if there was just like, let me call it maybe some kind of oversight, uh, overlooking. The, 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 the terpenes we now know are more powerful than CBD or cannabidiol for, for the neurological system and for any kind of medicinal effect, far more powerful. What are terpenes? Well, these are the things, these are the substances that give you the smell when you smell cannabis. So you, when you smell hemp or particularly marijuana, that overpowering odor is the terpene. Ah. And if you, and they're, they're gasoline-like molecules, but they're in plants, so they're safe to consume. If you put an essential oil on top of water, you know, you see a film that's like a rainbow in colors. Right. And you see these little tiny, you know, you see these colors, that's terpene. 
And if you smell uh, lemon, limonene is a terpene or in lime. And you, if you squeeze a lemon or lime and you see that spray come out from the skin, yes. those are terpenes. What about oranges? Is it in oranges as well? Uh, yeah, we call that essence of orange. We, we, we love our cinnamon in the cinnamon toast and also the cappuccino and such. The flavor is BCP terpene. Cloves, does anybody bake uh, pie with oh, yeah. cloves and cinnamon? Sure, we use cloves. Yes, absolutely. Odor is terpene. So the, BCP. Ah. In fact, so see, why isn't anybody speaking? The, everything you love is a BCP terpene, or is it, we can call it a cannabinoid, because the data is that BCP... Or okay, you're cutting out, Cass. If I can get you to just... You're on a cell phone, and it's kind of cutting out. So just uh, don't move around too much, and then okay. we can uh, we can if hear you. If I keep it really quiet, can you hear me better? That's better. Keep going. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Okay, okay. so BCPs, these are the terpenes. So, yeah, so the... Everything you love is a cannabinoid or a BCP, I'll say. So the, the smell of a carnation is from that molecule. Ah. The smell of cinnamon cloves is there. Chamomile tea is from that. If, would you ever cook a pizza without oregano? No, but I got to say something. You just mentioned chamomile tea. Uh, you know, my wife is, uh, you know, her, her ancestors are from Greece. The last time she was in Greece, she um, she and her friend went out and they picked uh, the wild, the chamomile and dried it and brought it home. And I just had a cup the other night. It's the most amazing chamomile tea I've ever had. It is so true. And uh, that odor is exactly your BCP. Ah. So... Now, I'll tell you what it does in a minute, but, but you would never cook a pizza or spaghetti sauce without oregano because no. you love the aroma and the robust aromatic flavor. But would you ever make pesto without basil? Basil is rich, too. And these are cannabinoids. And then, uh, obviously, rosemary and sage are also very dense. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you use a lot of oregano? If Would you put three tablespoons of oregano in your pizza sauce, or would you ruin it? That's a good question, because I'm not in charge of the pizza sauce around well, here. But, but we do use, it. we grow oregano here at the house. We yeah. dry it, and we use a lot of it. But you're going to only use so much. You're going to you overpower everything. If you put right. too much cinnamon, you're not going to put a tablespoon of cinnamon in a cappuccino, my friend. No, that's true. So, and you're not going to put 40 sprigs of rosemary on the food. You'll overpower it. Nobody will like it. Right. And you're saying so, that you that's how much you would need in order to get the benefit of these, that's these BCPs? I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. That, so you just can't get no, it from, from, from eating, you know, pizza or pesto or whatever. You need to, you need to, uh, you need a more condensed form, a concentrated form. You would, but no, what I'm saying is, you can take too much uh, because now we're into CBD oil and cannabis now. This is what I'm pointing out. You see, in the, in the 12th century, the Arabic Islamics said, if you want to take a dummy or someone that's dense and you want to turn them into an intellectual powerhouse, a creative person like a super intelligent, have them 
nip on a bit of hashish. You see? Mm. And they chewed a little nip. Or they chewed a little bit of the flower, a little bit of the leaf. They ate it. But now we know that uh, when we, now we move to CBD, because I made this point that black pepper is rich, but you're not going to put 40, you know, you're not going to do the cracker and you're not going to shake. You know what I mean? When you do the fresh black pepper, a few shakes right. and you say, that's enough. You're right, right. Sit there and have the guy, you know, grind six teaspoons and ruin the salad. So what they're doing is now they're making artificial CBD or they're making CBD oil with 600 milligrams, 1,000 milligrams, a million milligrams, whatever, and they're overloading the receptors and they're shutting down the, the pain, you know, the ability to, to, to treat disease. They're shutting down the system and it's not working. They don't know what with they're the, doing. In other words, with these synthetic forms of CBD, it's too concentrated. There's too much, and so your body can't handle it. So the That's receptors exactly right. just shut it down. They the reject regular it. regular CBD in the health food store, when I first took it, when I was writing the book, I got stoned. I didn't want to move. I just, I, of course, I don't know what stone's like. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I thought I was like stone. So I couldn't do anything. I just sat in the chair for several minutes. So I started to wonder who I'm going to recommend CBD in my book, and I instead opted for the, like the crude extract. So I have been using only the crude extract with tremendous effects. There was a study, an Israeli study by Galilee and Hanan. They did a dramatic thing. They contrasted CBD oil, not just the synthetic, the, the kind where they're artificially raising the CBD and it suppressed the receptors, it suppressed the CBD receptors, and they did not get any benefit for pain and inflammation, and they had to take increasingly high doses, wasting money for nothing. But when they gave, listen to this, the crude extract, just like God made it in the nature, okay, it worked beautifully, it suppressed the pain and inflammation, or, you know, it treated it. It treated the, you know, epileptic type problems with no issue. You see? So this is from the study in, at Bonn University, what you're citing now. Is that correct? This, no, Bonn did, there's two things I'm talking about now. Bonn was looking at BCP, which I'm going to get to. Okay. But I'm talking about people making these claims about high levels of CBD. And and that was an Israeli study. You can look it up. Galilee and Hanus. G-A-L-L-I-L-Y H-A-N-U-S. They found that if you just take a whole food hemp, nature, everything that's in nature, you're not altering it. It was effective for pain and inflammation and for suppressing inflammation markers. But when you, when you monkey around with it, when you manipulate it, you use solvents, you use distillation, you artificially raise the CBD, and you don't pay attention to the BCP, I'm going to get to that, then it didn't work. It actually got worse. Now, Interesting. the BCP, when you have a natural hemp oil, like hemp and all, 
Empanol is full-spectrum natural whole food. It's got the BCP like crazy, and it's got the CBD. It's all in there, right? Well, Cass, years ago, 100 years ago, doctors used to carry a little vial of hemp oil in their black bag, right? They did, but it was full-spectrum, just like I'm talking about. Ah, right. They actually used the marijuana plant, and they made a crude extract, and it worked fine. You see? Uh, they didn't try to artificially raise one part or the other. You see what I'm saying? Right, yes. So now, but BCP, my friend, is a very aggressive cannabinoid, not just the cannabidiol. The, uh, this one, the, 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 this BCP, they neglect that in the hemp oil industry. They neglect that in the CBD industry. But it's more powerful than any other substance in cannabis. More powerful than THC. You see what I'm saying? And THC is the is the compound that that makes you high, right? That's the addictive, hallucinogenic, habituating compound that also gives you the munchies and yes, and kind of delirious type things. But mainly, it's the hallucinogenic one. Right, right. And that's activating CB1. I know this for a fact because clinically I have been using hemp crude extract on patients, and I can give you testimonial or whatever. But I'm telling you now, the industry is crazy. There were 170 different people in the booth. I'm in Anaheim. I can't find a hotel. So many people. So they, they, they did 170 different booths at the show selling CBD oil. And none of them know what they're doing. You see, they're all using solvent extracted material that destroys the terpene, destroys the BCP or distillation. Now, now I mentioned to you that everything you love is a cannabinoid. Rosemary, black pepper, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, uh, rosemary, oregano, sage, chamomile. And you don't need a lot of it. Hmm. So, And the more of it you add to the diet. Okay, so now we're getting into the the BCPs here, right? Because you're getting the BCP. Okay, so talk to me about about this study at Bonn University. When was it, and, 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 and exactly what, what were the findings? Well, one of the biggest findings in all the, the data is that, that this is a neuroregenerative compound, okay? So you take all kinds of compounds, and you do a study, for example, on the nematode. That would be the C. elegans worm. And nothing seems to make the worm live longer. It's a model for longevity. You add BCP, and the worm lives 20 30% longer. Then the researchers conclude that this is hard proof that if we were to take BCP or beta-carfiling-rich food or supplements, we could extend lifespan. And there is a very little, my friend, in all the natural kingdom or synthetic that can possibly make this nematode live longer. Only BCP is consistently doing it. 
And other research showing that not only is it neuroregenerative for damaged neurons, but it causes the body to make the untenable, which is new neurons. It creates new neurons, new brain cells. New brain cells. From, it's stimulating the stem cells to make brand new da- brain cells. Now, that's, that's revolutionary because we've always been told you, once you lose a brain cell, that's it. It's done. This is what they've been telling us. So you think about case history. There was a guy with a stroke of feeder in a nursing home. I gave him something called hempanol brain detox. So it has the hemp resin infused in wild crowberry and wild blackberry from Canada. They're harvesting it in the bush, pressing it, and providing it to the maker. Then they infuse the hemp. Well, you know, in Russia, they use crowberry for seizures and epilepsy and brain damage, and they make a drug from that berry. But that's irrelevant because we're kind of focusing on BCP. So the guy's a feeder. He's home now. He got out of the nursing home. He went home. There's nothing wrong with him. I'm telling you flat out. I had another guy who couldn't walk a straight line, and I was sitting with him, and I said, what's the issue with all your alcohol? You're ruining your brain. He said, well, it's my first wife. I said, you're sitting here with your second wife. What's the... Well, it's her, too. <laughs> I said, <laughs> mister, cut it out. Cut the booze. And then he said, well, but, you know, I, I, one of the reasons I can't walk straight and I'm neurologically compromised, compromised is because I worked at a steel mill for 20 years. You see? So he's full of heavy metal. Ah. So I give him the BCP. I give him this hemp and all super strength, which has the terpenes plus all the rest of it, CBD, whatever you want to call it. And I give him this brain detox. The doctors, his doctors called me and said, what would you do with this guy? He's normal now. You know, they, they thought he was finished because you know, he damaged his vestibular apparatus in his brain. So I think from the cases I'm seeing, I have hardcore proof that in humans, not just in a mouse or a nematode, we're getting neuroregeneration, you see? Did, did Bond University conclude that as well? That was neuroregeneration on BCP, yeah. But there, if you look up BCP, neuroregeneration, while we're talking, and if you look up uh, BCP, C. elegans, the, the nematode, you'll find that data. Um, so the investigators at Bonn and elsewhere are intrigued because, first of all, it's anti-inflammatory. I think some of the data you have, there's no question about that. It's a, it's a pain-reducing substance. Like any other cannabinoid, it puts the endocannabinoid system, which endo means internal. We have our own ability to receive cannabis in our brain and in our spinal cord, in our white that, cells, in our heart, in our lungs. That, that, that's fascinating. I gotta, we're coming up on a break 10, here, uh, Cass, but I want to come back and talk about this. The idea that we have receptors. We were made to receive cannabinoids, it sounds like what you're saying. We'll, we'll pick oh, yeah. up on that point uh, on the other side. Dr. Cass Ingram is here to talk about uh, a new super cannabinoid. It's called BCP. And uh, we'll also open up the phone lines, questions and comments. Uh, perhaps we can also talk about 
uh, the, uh, the health effects of other medicinal plants when we come back. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. 